Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, to grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Keep in mind, got a pen, got a pad. If you've been with us last week, we are in the last week of the life of our Lord Jesus. And Jesus is in the temple and he's being questioned and inspected by the religious leaders. He is being questioned. He is being inspected by the religious leaders. He's being questioned in areas of politics, ethics, morality, theology, questions concerning authority, responsibility, eternity, and the resurrection. If you've been with us, you know that. And so at the end of chapter 22, Jesus said, we learned that he silenced the Sadducees who didn't believe in anything spiritual. And he silenced them. He shut their mouths. Here in chapter 23 brings us to the end of a very long day in the life and the ministry of Jesus. And remember I told you that they were inspecting him? Well, now we have in chapter 23, he is inspecting them. It's almost like now he's the inspector and he's inspecting them. And he's going to be talking to us in chapter 23 about the difference between false religious leaders and true religious leaders. And here basically is our outline this morning we'll talk about. In Matthew chapter 23, now, now I actually was planning to teach um, all 39 verses. What? I don't know why that's so funny. But, but it looks like we're only going to get to 12. So, so, so here's going to be our outline this morning in Matthew chapter 23. In verses 1 through 12, we're going to talk about, and I'm going to give you five characteristics of false religious leaders. Five characteristics of false religious leaders. We're going to find that in verses 1 through 7. And then we're going to briefly t- talk about two characteristics of true spiritual leaders. We'll find that in verses 8 through 12. Five characteristics of false religious leaders and two characteristics of true spiritual leaders. Matthew chapter 22, 23, pardon me, picking up our study in verse 1. If you're with me, saints, say amen. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, we'll read all, verse, all 12 verses. We'll come back and have some comment. So he spoke to the multitudes. And to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees, underline this, sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. 
but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them one of their fingers to help. But all their works they do to be seen by men, underline that, they make phylacteries broad, and they enlarge the borders of their garments. Man, these guys, they love the best places at the feast, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplace, and they love to be called rabbi. Oh, rabbi, you're so awesome, rabbi. But you, in verse 8, do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall what, saints? Be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Stop right there. Give me your attention. We want to note that, that this is the last sermon in Jesus' public ministry. This is the last sermon, the last message that Jesus will preach before he will withdraw from the people. And I think it was fascinating for me to see, perhaps for you also, his last sermon, the last sermon that Jesus preached before withdrawing from the people, it wasn't a sermon on the principles of the kingdom. It wasn't a sermon on love. Wouldn't you think? I mean, God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus loves all the little children. All the little children of the world. Red and yellow. Black and white. They're all precious in his sight. Wouldn't you think? He preaches last sermon on love. You would think it. I thunk it. But he doesn't. Did you notice his last sermon isn't even on salvation? And you might think so. I mean, he cares that people go to heaven. He doesn't want anybody to die and go to hell. So you would think his last sermon would be on salvation. Nope, not even on salvation. You want to take note that his last sermon is a scathing denunciation of the false religious Pharisees. This sermon in Matthew chapter 23 is the most severe words you will find in all of the scriptures coming out of the mouth of our Lord. He's got some tough things to say. You come back next week, you're going to be shocked. This is like the chapter where he's kind of telling them like a T.I.T.S. If you're with me, say amen. You know what I'm saying. His last sermon is severe, severe language. Now he's talking to the Pharisees. You want to understand something here. You want to take note. There were, the Pharisees, they have a really bad reputation as a whole, as being hypocritical. But there were actually more or different groups of Pharisees, some of which were not hypocritical. They had, according to the Talmud or Jewish writings, they had actually seven kinds of Pharisees. If you're taking notes, they had a group of Pharisees known as the shoulder Pharisees. And they would put good works on their shoulders for other people to see. And they'd walk around and 
you know, have, you know, little post-it notepads on their shoulders for people to see, hey, see that? Yeah, it's good works right there, man. The shoulder Pharisees. This is true. They had the wait a little while Pharisees. These were guys that were always putting off to tomorrow what they could do today. You know, you go up to them and say, hey, could you help me out? They go, well, you know, we need to wait a little while. They had to wait a little while, Pharisees. We talked about this here at Calvary Chapel, the bruised and bleeding or the bump and stumble Pharisees. Remember, they didn't want to look on a woman and lust after her. So they would walk around with their heads down. And so when the woman comes by, they, you know, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. And they would bump and stumble into trees and doors. And they would wind up bruised and bleeding. They were known as the bruised and bleeding, bump and stumble Pharisees. And then they had a group of Pharisees called the humpback tumbling Pharisees. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. The humpback tumbling Pharisees. And, and, and these guys walked in a kind of bent over, you know, shuffle style to show their spirituality. They were always bent over. And many times they might even tumble over. True. And then they had the ever-seeking Pharisees. These guys kept careful records of all their good deeds in order to determine what rewards God owed them. I helped out the Jerry's kids. God, you owe me. I helped grandma across the street. God, you owe me. You see, the ever-seeking Pharisees. And then they had the fearing Pharisees. They spread terror as they used hell for their motivation for people to live rightly, for people to live holy. And then last of all, they had the God-fearing Pharisees who truly loved and feared God. They wanted to please him. In this category, you'd find Nicodemus. He was a God-fearing Pharisee. You would find Joseph of Arimathea. He was a God-fearing Pharisee. And then there was a guy who was Paul's teacher by the name of Gamaliel. He was a God-fearing Pharisee. So all the Pharisees weren't hypocrites. There were some that were good. But for the most part, yes, they were hypocrites and, and, and religious people. Now, here we are in our outline, five characteristics of false religious Pharisees. Look in your Bibles again, or false religious leaders. Look in your Bibles again at verse 2. False religious leaders... Number one, have no authority. Did you notice that? Jesus said, the scribes and the Pharisees, look at it in your Bible, sit in Moses' seat. In other words, Jesus is pointing out that they are a self-appointed divine interpreters of the law. You got to understand something here. The Pharisees were not a God-sanctioned, God-ordained group of people. They were not like the Levites. The Levites were God-ordained. God called them into being. God set up their religious order. The Pharisees were not. They were not ordained by God. They took authority themselves. And as a result, the people began to shift authority from the word of God to the word of men who were interpreting the word of God. I'll say that again because that's important. The Pharisees were not ordained and appointed by God. They took authority. 
And because they began to interpret the word of God the way they chose to interpret it, the people began to look to them for interpretation for their word versus the word of God. Now, my following comments by no means are intended. Listen, my comments are not intended. Give me your attention. My comments are not intended to insult, to condemn, to be insensitive, to be harsh in any way. As you know, I was brought up in the Catholic Church and most of my elementary and junior high and high school was in the Catholic Church. And as I read this, I can see a picture of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church would fit perfectly in this category. The Catholic Church teaches the church is the authority and the Bible is the product of the church. Therefore, the authority lies in the church and not in the Bible. Interesting. And the authority is placed in the Pope. This is why in the Catholic Church, the Pope has the final word. If you're with me so far, say amen. The, that's why. In the Catholic Church, the authority is placed in the Pope or in the church tradition or in the dogma, not in God's word. And this is exactly what the Reformation was all about. Did you see the movie um, Luther? Did you see the movie Luther? Okay. Awesome movie. You can learn a lot about history. It is historically accurate, by the way. You should rent it at Blockbuster. Or buy it. It's that good. Or, or my wife is saying, buy it in the bookstore. Is it in the bookstore, honey? Shameless plug. Shameless. Just shameless. Shame on you. But it was a really good movie. That's what the Reformation was all about. That's what that movie really was all about. It was a group of guys. They were reformers. John Whitecliffe and John Knox and Martin Luther and John Wesley and Calvin. All of these guys took a stand on sola scriptura, which means scripture only, which is by sola fide, only by faith. This is what the movie was all about. So we have a picture of the Catholic Church that just has taken the word of God and began to interpret the word of God and thus sending a message to the people of God that the interpretation of the word of God is to come through the church and not from the Bible. And it's not just in the Catholic Church. It's in the Protestant Church as well. Today in the Protestant Church, there are Men, notice these guys, Jesus said they sit in Moses' seat, not by his authority, but by their own authority. In the Protestant church today, there have you noticed how many people are just simply taking titles upon themselves that, that God didn't give them? Bishop, the word of men. I can't tell you how many people can quote what the bishop says, but they can't quote what the word of God says. That's sad. Where, who made you a bishop? I'm sorry, please don't ever call me bishop. If you call me bishop, I've got to slap you. I, I'm, I'm just going to have to. I mean, look, look, listen.
listen, listen, listen. We are not to be giving men all of these titles that our people are taking in the church today. I'm elder this, I'm bishop this, I'm apostle this. I am noticing, am I the only one that everybody has a title? Everybody has a title. And, 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 And people begin to, after a while, they begin to quote the man and they can't quote the word of God. They'll tell you, oh, have you read Bishop's book? Have you seen the CD? Have you heard the CD? Have you seen the DVD? Oh, man. Oh, man. He's got some serious going on. And, uh, you know, there's oh, all this stuff. The bishop said the bishop said this and the bishop said that. The apostle said this. And the apostle said that. And you go, well, what does the word of God say? Well, no. But the bishop said this and the bishop said that and the bishop said this. Self-appointing. Who made you a bishop? Who gave you this title? Where did this come from? Might I add, this is not biblical. I'm not mentioning any names. I don't need to. But in the Protestant church, this is what we have. People self-appointing themselves. Can I tell you something, saints? The Bible, call me old school, call me old-fashioned, whatever. But the Bible, I believe, is the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God. Amen, saints? And it's not my word. Listen, my word is not inerrant and infallible. My word is not inspired. God's word is inerrant. God's word is infallible. God's word is inspired. And when you come to church on Sunday morning, never, ever, ever come here, listen to what I say, and then go away and say, oh, well, because Rodney said it is true. Don't ever do that. That's wrong. That's wrong. Listen, you are to come to church with a ready heart. The Bible says that you should come with a ready heart. Come with, God, what do you want to say to me today? God, what do you want to work in me today? God, I know you want to use Rodney to say a word to me through the word of God today. God, what do you want to say? That's coming with a ready heart. I am ready to hear what God, because see, some folks come to church, they don't have a ready heart. Some folks come to church with a look on their face like, go ahead, bless me. I dare you. I dare you to try to bless me. Some folks got to look on their face like that. You know, when I see y'all looking like that, I just look somewhere else. I'm just like, you know, I'm looking for people with a smile on their face, you know. Like, like make me feel like at least you know, you're listening. At least, you know. But some people have that look. I dare you to bless me. You can't bless me. Dare you try it. And then you say one thing and they know it's funny. And they go, <laughs> Bless me, I dare you. Some folks. But you come to church with a ready heart, and then when you leave, the Bible says that we are to go and search the scriptures to see if these things are so. You are never, ever, ever to come to church and and just receive what I say and then go away and start quoting what I say. It is a grievous thing when people can tell you more about what I said or what Bishop said, and they can't tell you what the word of God says. That's not good. That's not good. That, that's not good. That's, that's a problem. Yes, come and be ready. Yes, the Bible gives us church teachers and, and, and authority in the church. But see, these teachers are not the authority. The word of God is the authority. Amen, saints? And these men in our text, they set themselves up in positions of authority and ministry, even though God didn't call them there. False leaders have no authority. Point number two, False leaders have no integrity. 
Notice what Jesus says in verse three. Look at it again in your Bibles. Whatever they tell you to do, do it. But don't do what they do. You see that? Jesus says, listen, what they teach. Listen, what they teach, do it. But what they do, don't do it. Why? Because the authority, the power of the word of God is not dependent on the vessel. You know, God can use a donkey. And many times he does. To teach his word. So even if the person speaking from the pulpit platform is a hypocrite and not doing what God's word says, we are to listen to what God's word says and become obedient to God's word because truth is truth no matter who it's coming out of. Truth is true. Listen, two plus two equals four. No matter whether it's coming out of the mouth of a Christian or the mouth of a heathen. The fact is, truth is truth. Let God be true. Every man a liar. God is always true. His word is always true. So Jesus is simply telling them, he's saying, listen, I don't approve of what they're saying, but we must obey because it is the word of God. So Jesus says, listen to what they tell you, but don't do what they do because they are false leaders who lack integrity. Number three, false leaders have no compassion. Look at it again in your Bibles in verse four. Not only were they hypocritical, but they were absolutely unsympathetic and uncaring toward the people to whom they were committed to serve. They bind heavy burdens on people. And they put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one finger. You see, in Jesus' day, it was really common to see a donkey loaded down to the point of breaking, to the point of stumbling and struggling under a heavy load. Very common. It's also very common to see someone walking right beside that heavy, loaded, laden down donkey, and that person isn't carrying anything. They're not lifting one finger to help that donkey. It's very possible that as Jesus was preaching, there's a donkey and a heavy loading, laid down oxen or whatever is walking by with a heavy load. And this guy is just walking by with him and he's not lifting one finger to help. And Jesus says, you see that? Yeah, we see it. They're like the Pharisees. They, they are just walking along, laying heavy loads and heavy burdens on people, but they're not lifting one finger to help. They have heavy weights of rules and regulations and rituals, but they won't lift a finger to help in any way. You see, to the Pharisees, having a relationship with God was heavy. Having a relationship with God was burdensome. And to many people today, how sad it is, but many people in their Christianity... Having a relationship with God is burdensome. Having a relationship with God is heavy to many people. And in the church, they're telling them, you're not doing enough of this and you're not doing enough of that. And it's heavy and it's negative. Listen, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christianity should never, ever, ever feel burdensome and heavy. Never. That's not Jesus. That's not the Lord. And if your Christianity is burdensome and heavy, heavy, something's wrong. Something's very wrong. 
Because Jesus died so that it wouldn't be heavy. And the Bible says, to whom the Son sets free is what, saints? Free indeed. Jesus died to set you free. Jesus died that we might be free from the burden of sin and the burden of guilt and the burden of doing and the burden of rituals and the burden of the law. Hey, serving Christ is a wonderful thing. It's a happy thing. And Psalm 144 verse 15 says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Jesus celebrated life. Did you know that? He celebrated life and he celebrated so much that they accused him of being a wine bibber and a gluttonous man. Because Jesus had fun. Jesus wasn't under some heavy yoke and some heavy bondage. You know, many people think that Christianity is about a bunch of rules. I don't smoke or chew or hang around people who do. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.